Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. This episode is sponsored by Brian Luther of Van Luther Motorsports. Thank you for all the support, Brian. We appreciate it. Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Today we have another special guest joining us. My uh, partner out at WIR on Thursday nights. He's also a co-owner of Tundra Super Late Models, who has a very exciting and big show coming up Saturday, May 15th, coming up here at WIR. Uh, races start at 2 o'clock, qualifying at 12.30. Of course, we're talking about Matt Panier. Matt, thanks for coming on. How you doing, bud? Doing great, guys. Uh, love what you're doing with the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Hey, good evening, Matt. Where are you at? Well, what track were you at this last weekend? Uh, just at Wisconsin International Raceway for the practice day. That was all. Good stuff. Uh, there were there were quite a few cars out there. I know uh, we'll, we'll be talking about our Thunder Race here, but the Thursday night program is looking pretty sharp too. There were a lot of guys getting ready for that. Good stuff. Yeah, I heard there was a bunch of uh, drivers out there getting ready for not only the season, but the Tundra race coming up here too, taking advantage of the, the track time uh, closer as we get here. Uh, first, let's ask you um, how Tundra came about, how many people were involved, and, and how it started there. Yeah, so basically what happened was after the 2009 season, I want to say, at Dells Raceway Park, they uh, made a difficult decision to get rid of super late models uh, as one of their weekly classes. And, of course, that kind of put guys who had super late models into a tough spot because they wanted to race. And uh, basically, it just wasn't an economically smart thing to do on the side of the racetrack. So I was hired there in 2010. Um, and between Joe Graziano, who owned the track at the time, myself, um, and Tom Litchfield, sort of came up with this plan. First it was, well, just don't pay us anything. We'll show up to race, and we'll take care of ourselves. Uh, kind of went a little bit further than that after that, where we, we did provide a purse for the top five, but we drastically, drastically cut uh, the expenses to get into the racetrack instead of, you know, showing up and buying it four tires, pit passes and things like that. Uh, we as the racetrack offered uh, $200. That would be two new tires and four pit passes. And then we started giving money away after a certain amount of people in the stands. We would give that to the super late model group if they, you know, had shown us that they were, if they had shown us that they were bringing fans in, which they were. Um, from that, you know, we started with uh, a pretty modest 17 drivers that showed up. Uh, then we went, we got all the way up to 29. Uh, some really high-quality guys started showing up for our shows as well. Uh, it was really kind of the start of the career for Dalton Zier, if you will. Uh, he showed up for four of the first five races and ended up winning two of them. Kind of put himself on the map. And um, really what happened was we decided, okay, this this is something that we can sustain. This is something that it, it can be very successful. Uh, Wayne Lutzig bought the track the next year from Joe, but uh, 
Tom and myself and uh, Tom's wife, Sharon, and uh, some help from Frank Cryer, we really kind of put this whole deal together and decided to rename it to Tundra. Um, it was originally named the Alive for Five because we thought, okay, well, we're alive for five races. Let's see if we can make it work after that. And once we did, we decided to put a name on it to give it a little more lasting credibility. Um, and it just took off. Uh, we had a really, really successful 2012. Car counts were excellent. And we had some tracks asking us what we were doing. Uh, we, we're, full, we're, we're fully transparent with what our plan is every time. So the tracks decided that they'd like to have us in. Uh, in 2013, uh, we went fully on the road uh, with six different tracks. 2014, we did eight, and then kind of went back to six just because eight just seemed like too much. And bring us to where we are today, uh, starting our 11th year here on Saturday. Some people may not know this, but Tundra is actually an acronym. Uh, Tell us about how you came up with the name and and then tell us what the acronym actually stands for. Yeah, so after we decided that we needed to make some kind of name for this, uh, Frank Pryor, you know, he and I were were on the phone and he said, you know, Matt, we got to come up with something, you know, Northwoods-y, like it should have like the word Tundra in it or something. So I was driving back from here to the Dells where I'd lived at the time. And I was just thinking like, uh, blah, 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 unified Northern. Oh, the Unified Northern Drivers Racing Association, Tundra. So that shit just kind of came to me on a whim while, we, while I was driving. But, you know, Frank was like, yeah, we got to name it something like that just to, to give it the Northwoods feel. And uh, we came up with the logo quickly and, there it was. So, kind of got lucky. You know, I was doing some uh, doing some homework, looking around at your rules package and stuff like that. Um, is it uh, pretty much uniform with everything else that goes on with Wisconsin, or is there some kind of money-saving kind of deal to run with you guys? We're really close with a lot of the other tracks, not maybe so much with uh, WIR. Um, certainly anybody that is legal at WIR can race with us. Uh, but we're we're very closely aligned with tracks like the Dells, Plover, Marshfield, and Wausau. Um, if, if people had heard about the UMA, uh, which now is kind of just the Dells that Jerry Obvious uh, put together, uh, we all sort of got together and really worked to align our rules. Um, just to the benefit of the racer, we hope and uh, for the most part, it, it has seemed that way. But uh, a lot of the rules in the state are are fairly close. Uh, you know, weights weights obviously a big thing that's that's different in some places. But uh, we feel like we offer a, a rules package that's extremely competitive. Uh, if you take a look at our our race winners and our fast qualifiers, we had six different fast qualifiers last year. Um, we only have had, I think, in the last five years, um, two years where someone has been a repeat winner. So we're, you know, we're just stacking up the different race winners. And I, I think our rules package has a lot to do with that. So, well, we're, we're pretty happy with it. Um, that's another deal where, you know, Frank Cryer and, and Tom really worked hard together, you know, being racers and, and trying to take a look at these separate rule packages and figure out all ways that we can make everything competitive, uh, whether you you had an older car or a 
newer car, top of the line. Everybody seems to be pretty much on the same page, and uh, we're pretty proud of that. Still work on that. Tell us about uh, if there has been any challenges working with the different tracks about uh, having Tundra come in, and also the challenges about, uh, you know, you grew pretty fast there, as you just previously mentioned. So talk about some of the challenges uh, with that, because a lot of people don't realize how much work goes in uh, behind the scenes on these deals. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's a huge challenge just because of the way – uh, we operate the business, um, and I don't know if you're if you want to touch on that in another question or not. But uh, we have a, a pretty radically different business plan than a lot of racetracks, so it, it did take a little time to uh, kind of lay out. You know, this is what we need, and this is why we need it, and it it benefits you, and it benefits the racer, and it benefits the fan. Um, it, so. Once we got over those initial humps of trying to lay out the way we were doing things, we built some excellent relationships with the racetracks in the area. I don't think we've really been on bad terms with any track, per se. Um, We have had to slip the schedule down, and that's mostly a product of just trying to keep the six race schedule. It's not because we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. We don't want to deal with this promoter. It's because these are the six that we have found to be the most successful where we can get drivers, we can get fans. Um, and we would never rule out returning to the tracks that uh, we no longer go to. It's just a matter of, you know, there are so many races in the state of Wisconsin right now, which is a great thing uh, that we can't be scheduling over the top of each other. And, you know, scheduling too many races where the drivers can't make it uh, to seven or eight. Like I said, you know, we tried eight one time. That was just a little too much. Uh, I think seven would be a sweet spot if we could add one more, but uh, maybe that's a 2022 thing. But as far as the tracks are concerned, um, there are a lot of excellent promoters in the area and uh, we're, we're happy with, with the relationships we've built and I think they see the value in what we bring and, and we certainly value, you know, their opinions on how we do things and just enjoy working with them every year. Let's talk about uh, the, as you called it, the radically different business plan, as you just mentioned there. Uh, let's talk about that and, and let's talk about how it benefits everyone involved because um, I guess it goes without saying, but you're radically different and it, it's a different style than, than pretty much every series out there. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the big thing is I equate what we do to low stakes gambling, you know, um, a racer who wants to buy into our program, will get their four race tires or their three race tires because we actually uh, do have one use tire at the remainder of our races after Kakata. And we offer them four pit passes. So they basically get that at the cost of their tires for every race, which if you're going to a a different racetrack or a bigger race, uh, when you buy tires, you're buying them. um, Obviously, over cost, the promoter takes that money and usually puts it back into the purse. Well, that was sort of one of the things that we looked at each other back when this deal started and said, well, why am I taking money from you just to give it back to you? Why am I charging you $150 on a $110 tire. By the way, those are the prices back then. They're not the prices now. Um, and, and why am I taking pit pass money from you to just give it 
you how about you don't charge me as much for a purse and I won't charge you as much to race. Um, and so with that, you know, obvious benefit to the promoter to not have to pay a, a big purse and benefit to the racer to not have to pay as much money to get their tires and get their pit passes. Um, benefit the promoter, benefit the racer. We can benefit the fan by having them pay less money to come and see our races as well um, in, in hopes that more of them will, will show up if it's a more affordable event. We still have your Dalton Zeers and your Casey Johnsons and your Justin Mondike showing up to race. Uh, we've really seen the benefit of that. We've seen a lot of racers get into the program and just say, oh my gosh, this is this is totally makes sense for me. Um, at the end of the year, uh, last year we gave away a $1,000 point fund check to 19 drivers that signed up as full-time punter drivers, whether they made all of our races or they didn't make all of our races or whether they were the champion, Casey Johnson, or they were 19th place in Josh Wallace, who also won a free body from Five Star. Um, so, you know, we're very, we're very proud of the way we're doing things. We think it's a huge benefit to the racer that has to pay everything out of his own pocket or even if he does find the sponsors to cover it. Um, you know, we do pay a person every race. I know there's a lot of people out there that still look at us as the series that doesn't pay. Not true. It hasn't been true really ever, except for maybe 2011 when we only paid the top five, but we were only, guys were only paying $200 for race back then too. So, um, you know, now they're paying, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 375 bucks per race, which is still pretty slim considering what you get. And, uh, you know, we hand back a check at the end of the day and then we been saving up and accumulating. And Mrs. Litchfield has been awesome about this. This is, this is her major contribution among a lot of other things to, to the series is that she really, uh, keeps the books tight and, at the end of the year, we can give away a good point foot check. So we just got through the pandemic last year, and somehow you guys pulled off a full schedule. What was the challenges of getting the full schedule in last year? Rainouts. <laughs> Rainouts are always the challenge, Mark. Um, so uh, we we had a race at Flover on Labor Day. Uh, really the way we had everything lined up. With the six races, we were flexible and, you know, we got to thank WIR and uh, Marshfield because they, they were so easy moving their races with, with the pandemic and not really being sure what we could do in the months of May and June. Uh, so, so we actually ended up setting up the schedule and then that whole uh, rain out deal at Clover just totally threw a monkey wrench in everything. Um, it's so, so difficult. You know, uh, we do work with the Midwest tour. We do work with Dells Raceway Park. We work with Marshfield and Wausau and everybody. Um, so if, if you ever hear anybody saying, do the promoters work together to schedule these races? We absolutely do. It is a major headache for, for me, for them, for everyone. And they'll admit it, I'll admit it, but we all do it to try to benefit the racer and the fans so that there aren't too two shows up against each other. And I think if you, you lay out your schedule, you kind of notice that there aren't. Um, but what that does do is book up a lot of weekends very quickly. And if one rains out, it's very hard to slot into another one. So we found a soft spot and uh, the smileys, uh, Cody and Shannon were so accommodating, so helpful in uh, getting us to 
uh, come back and, and finish off our season after that show had rained out. And, you know, they, they tried their darndest to, to get that race in um, the, on the day. But uh, to be able to go back and to, to finish the season, I mean, the pandemic was one thing, but once that schedule just got so tightened up, you know, everyone was racing only from July to October, when you lose a weekend, it was like losing probably four this year. It, it, it just got really, really tough. So um, thankfully, we've got the whole season spread out. and I think it's going to be a sunny summer. I hope. Uh, let's talk about the schedule, as you just mentioned. Obviously, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we have WR coming up this next Saturday, May 15th. Uh, what are the other five races that come after that? One that we've really um, come to find is a, is a pretty special event for us is the second one. It's the Bev Ashton Brenner Memorial at Marshfield. And, um, it, fans who have been to the central Wisconsin area would have met Bev, and they would know Bob, and then Brandon National Brenner, who announces that a couple of tracks. Um, Bev was just a, a super lady, and uh, she meant a lot to a lot of racers in that area. So to, to be able to honor her at that race is, is pretty special for us. Uh, Eugene Gregorich Jr. won that a couple of years ago, and uh, he actually, you know, just got very emotional in victory lane just thinking about, you know, what it meant to win that race. So that's a special one for us. That's our next race at uh, Marshfield on June the 12th. Uh, following that, we go to Jefferson, which it, it is odd because when we started doing the Tundra Series, that was the one that, people didn't want to go to and now that's one of our high, highest car counts i don't know what switched in the racer mentality but they didn't want to go there i don't know if they were afraid of the place but now that they've gone there a few times they love going to jefferson and i'll tell you what as a fan you should love going there too and seeing super late model racing it, it, it's absolutely incredible the way those guys rip around there and go three wide and race side by side it's just it's it's a sight to behold so that one's uh, in the middle of july july 17th after that we go to wausau it's another place tight racetrack just tons of character uh, so much fun uh that would be on august uh 7th i believe i can never remember which day is a saturday if it's the 7th or the 8th so i think it's the 7th um and i'll tell you that one is is legendary for the after race fun so I'll, I'll just put it at that. <laughs> the bar, the bar there is a good time. Um, following that one up, it's our traditional Labor Day race at Golden Sands, which is always uh, a highly competitive race. And uh, one of the few days where we're actually the only show running, which is which is pretty neat. Um, and uh, you know that's a, it's just a for Labor Day, you do your thing on the weekend, and then Monday before you head back to work, you can come and enjoy a nice Monday afternoon with us. So uh, looking forward to that one. And then we'll round up the season. Uh, we moved our Dells race to uh, that last September weekend, which is the 26th. Big full weekend of racing down there at the Dells. And uh, that's where we'll crown our champion. Obviously, that's, uh, that's kind of our, our home track, per se. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one. That's another place that always does a puts on a fantastic race. Uh, hopefully, a, a beautiful Sunday afternoon where everyone can come out and see us uh, put on a nice finale. You know, a couple of years ago we did a finale there and we had uh, 
nine drivers who could have potentially walked away with the championship on that day. So uh, I would imagine this year it's going to be pretty tight as well. Speaking of the championship, talk about your point system. And then also second part of my question here, talk about some of the drivers that have committed full time or some of the drivers to watch this upcoming season. Yeah, point system, we used to have a pretty funky point system where you would get passing points. Um, so somebody could start 25th and then finish 10th and then gain 15 points and be a championship contender and never finish higher than like seven. So we, we kind of looked at that and thought, okay, well, maybe there's something we should change here. Uh, so we did a little flip-flop and uh, kind of looked at a few other point systems uh, and just try to try to make it to the point where we were really rewarding guys that finished up in the top three, really rewarding the guys that won, and really rewarded the guys that would set fast times as well. Um, because, you know, there are guys that'll, if they look at it right, take a look at the points and say, well, it doesn't really benefit me to qualify fast. Um, I'd be better off just hitting the invert and starting up front and making up the points that way. So we kind of wanted to mitigate that. I think we did. Uh, so you'll see guys qualifying and trying to race their way to the front at our events, which is, you know, the, the point of an invert, right? So we're, we're, we're happy about the way that guys actually approach your point system and keep tabs on it because uh, they, they realize the benefits of qualifying and racing hard. Uh, with, with that said, Casey Johnson will be back. Uh, he's he's going for his fifth title with us. Uh, it would be his fourth straight. I, I don't think it's going to be easy for him by any means. I think uh, guy you're going to want to watch out for this year is John Beal. He'll be running all all of our races as well. And uh, Justin Mondike was right there with uh, Casey step for step last year. Uh, car shut off at Marshfield. He was racing for the lead. Had he even maintain a top five in that race, it would have been right down to the wire in our last race. So um, I, I would assume we'll see something like that again. Jordan Thiel was excellent last year. Um, for the last five years, he's finished top four in points. Uh, very, He's just kind of a dark horse, quiet guy. He's a very consistent point racer. Um, and if you were at the icebreaker and you watched him racing this year, it looks like he stepped the game up a little bit. So, I expect big things out of him. Um, I think Colin Refner is a guy who has always been a title contender with us, but just hasn't had the luck or the finishes. So I think if he can find a consistency, um, he'd be a guy that I would would tab as a guy who could definitely be a championship contender. Um, the team of Jordan DeVoy and James Swan, I think, is going to be very good. They're going to split three and three. Uh, I think a guy like maybe Riley Stengem or Brock Heinrich, those guys were rookies last year. Uh, Riley actually missed our first race. That's why he wasn't really much in the rookie conversation. But you might remember he set fast time at Katana mm -hmm. and ran really well at his home track, Jefferson. Uh, Brock Heinrich's just a guy that he and his team just work hard everywhere, and, and they've shown some really good results because of it. So I think you might hear from those guys. And I think maybe a sleeper here, too, is, is a young kid you're, you're going to be hearing a lot from over the next few years. And that's the guy driving for Casey Johnson this year, Grant Thompson, uh, out of Alabama. He's a 15-year-old kid. I met him yesterday. I, I kind of chatted with him about 
you know, what are you thinking of WIRS different weird places? And it kind of heard that he started off just sort of out there. Okay. Maybe they were a little concerned that he might not get it. And then all of a sudden he picked up about a second and a half in his times. So uh, he might be one to watch for the kids that just have the, and I think, I think he's going to be one of them. So, um, I, I wouldn't discount any one of about 10 drivers and then there might be someone that surprises us. So I, I think, uh, I think we're for a good year as far as the championships concerned. Hey, talk to us about the new partnership with speed 51. What did it take to get that, uh, get that, uh, going? They actually approached us last year. Uh, they'd actually approached us several times about, um, doing some of our races and, you know, we are always, always a little gun shy about it um obviously you, you've heard promoters that will bicker about doing facebook lives or i don't want people staying out of my stands and, and really after looking at a lot of the data the numbers i i can see where the concern was and i i personally was concerned as well but the numbers just don't support that necessarily is keeping people away or at least keeping them away in significant numbers it's it, it ends up being more of a promotional tool to to show fans across the nation your product and maybe fans from just a little bit outside your region your product so they might want to travel to come see it um so they approached us last year and we had planned on broadcasting all the races but unfortunately uh, they had some equipment issues um, some personnel issues and uh, just just a few few reasons that they that they were unable to do it. So they did the highlights instead. And um, when they approached us this year, you know, we we discussed, hey, you know, we, we want to make sure that this works out. We want it to benefit Speed Fifty One. We want to benefit Tundra. We want it to benefit the tracks, the racers, um, and the fans who who are outside the area. Uh, especially now that we got a, a young driver from Alabama, I'm sure all of his fans down there are going to want to watch. So, um, Brandon Paul is tremendous. He, he's a, he's a great guy. He and I talked on the phone for about a half hour and, and the deal is done. So they'll be at all of, probably all of our races except Jefferson. There's a few things as far as like internet signal and things where we're not entirely sure that that one's going to be able to go through. Um, most likely that one will just be the highlight. So you'll have to catch that one in person. Um, but we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Speed 51, to me, is still the number one voice in short track racing. Uh, if I need to know what the heck's going on in racing, I go to speed51.com first. Um, and not only that, but they're going to be partnering with us beyond just showing our races. This is going to be content and more inside of what we're doing with Tundra. So uh, we're, we're just we're looking forward to... Uh, to kind of setting up more of a national presence uh, through Speed 51 and, and seeing what they can offer us there. So I was always curious. I don't know if you can touch on this at all, but when you partner with Speed 51, does Tundra see some sort of benefit, like monetary from it? Do you see some of the purse come your way? Does the then the trickle on to the drivers? Can you touch on how that works? I won't get too into the gory details but yes we do benefit monetarily from it and in fact uh, speed 51 has thrown some money into our race at wisconsin international raceway on saturday 
to uh, build up a Dennis Prunty bounty. Um, obviously, he's won three of our Thunder races there in a row. So uh, whoever, if anyone, is able to beat him for the fourth time, uh, we're now up to $2,000 to win. We had typically paid uh, $1,250 at the race, uh, but now we're up to 2000 thanks to Speed 51 and B&B Race Engines, uh, Great Lakes Testing, and the Dark White Corner Store. Everyone's kind of pitching in for some bonus money throughout our top ten. I also wanted to touch on Grant Thompson a little bit before I ask my next question to you, Matt. Uh, Grant is a uh, kid who has let the, lit the South on fire. Uh, I mean, I think he was racing a truck at the age of 13 or 14 down there, a pro truck, did really well at Five Flags and, and other tracks down there. That is definitely a kid that you fans are, are going to want to pay attention to, as Matt alluded to. Uh, he's done pretty well for himself up to this point, and I expect him to, to keep going higher. Uh, Matt, my next question to you is actually, we're, let's transition into you a little bit. Let the fans get to know a little bit more about you. You've um, been announcing with at WIR for a long time. I think I've joined you for all but one of those. But talk about your early years, how your love of racing started, how you got involved in the sport, and how you got to where you are today. Well, uh, well it all pretty much my dad. Uh, my dad was a racer at Shawano back in the 70s. And, you know, he... Uh, once my sister was born, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Molly. Um, he kind of, you know, stepped away, started a business, started a family, did all that. But, you know, you know how it is. Racing never leaves you. Um, so he decided to start officiating. And uh, one of the first things that he did was start to work at uh, WIR as a pit steward. Uh, he worked as a tech guy for the Mid American Series back in the early '90s as well. So we traveled, and you know, we get we got to hang out with uh, the McCarns family and with the Ricardians, and and just kind of get the ins and outs of of the business of racing, if you will. Maybe not all the tricks of the trade, but uh, certainly got to learn a little bit more about it. And go to a bunch of awesome art go events and Oktoberfest and things like that. So, you know, once you once you start to foray into uh, racing like that at a young age and get to know the personalities and, and things like that, it, uh, it really sticks with you. So eventually my dad uh, was president of the club back in the late nineties. Um, I kind of thought, you know, this would be fun to do to work at a racetrack too. So always kind of just kept with them, helped them tech at Swinger a little bit, ran the scoreboard at Shawano. That was my first, original job but uh worked at swinger for like six or seven years just various roles in the pit areas tack or running the ramp different things um and then joe verdigan uh was curious you know he knew that i uh, i was kind of looking into doing some media stuff like i was in high school was writing and things like that so he was curious maybe i wanted to help him do that and maybe help him announce at luxembourg uh so i've never been to luxembourg before i barely ever been to dirt races, not many of them. And I helped them announce there in 2003. I was terrible. I was, I was not good. Uh, I'm not saying I'm great now or anything like that, but I was definitely not the same announcer back then. Uh, I can tell you that much. And it, it just, it took a little while to click. And once it did, um, I just realized it was, it was time to start having fun with it, you know? So, uh, I got extremely fortunate to um, pick up some gigs. That's really the toughest part. Uh, so 
started traveling with him in American Series in 2006 when my dad decided, uh, Doug Stross, Doug and Julie Strasberg had bought the series of, that year. My dad decided to travel with him and, and inspect again. So while he was at their banquet and I was hosting an illegal house party, not <laughs> illegal in the confines of the law, but illegal in the confines of my parents, uh, they had called. So I had to go find a quiet room and, and, and talk with them while there were people in my house at the time. And uh, I, I said, hey, you know, ask them if they want to travel an announcer. And lo and behold, they did. So it, it just took off from there. And then obviously with the Mid-Am series, you go to a bunch of different tracks. People start listening to you and jobs open up. And uh, one of those was the Midwest Tour uh, back in 2008 and WIR the same year. Went to Norway for a little while. Um, now with the Dirt Kings, with Tundra. And it's uh, it's been a wild, wild ride. I, I never, when I first picked up that microphone, I never anticipated doing much more than helping Joe Bertigan out at Luxembourg for uh, a little while, but uh, I think, you know, Lauren, it, it kind of gets addicting. It's fun to do. You get to meet a lot of great people, um, and it, it's just enjoyable. You know, give yourself credit there, buddy, <laughs> when you see you're not that good. I was up at the opener uh, for the Dirt Kings up at Shano, you know, and all of a sudden I hear your voice come over the, the loudspeaker and it's like Bob Euchre <laughs> for a Brewer game. No doubt, man. You're one of the best ones out there. I mean, it just pick your voice right out and you said, wow, the man's in the house. So um, you're tied up with the truck series also. Uh, what is your title on the truck series and, uh, and what do you do with, with that uh, series? Uh, part-time announcer, I guess you could say. Uh, my buddy Drew Krybeck, who helps out with the Tundra series, um, and he is he's a very, very smart marketing person, very driven, and uh, a lot of the things you see that happen through Tundra marketing-wise um, are are, are kind of brainchilded by him and myself, and then mostly executed by him as far as design and, and things. Uh, he's uh, he's doing all the truck PR right now, and, and you'll notice they're getting very loud and proud and seeing a lot out of them and that that has a lot to do with what drew does so um you know i'm very thankful that he's able to help us with thunder as well but uh you know with that drew and i've been good friends for a long time now and uh he he likes me to come and announce when i have the opportunity john wood as well you know the trucks actually traveled with thunder for a few years uh so john and i have a pretty good relationship and it, it is just fun to do it's a, it's a really neat series a great concept uh, it's a fantastic place for young racers who want to make that move to super late models eventually, but just want to learn tracks and want to learn how to drive something that's rear wheel drive, that's heavy, that goes fast. Um, the rules package is great. Uh, the tracks are really good place that they go to. The racing's competitive. You have some nice veterans in there as well to sort of teach these kids how to run. Um, so, it's hard to say no when I have the opportunity to go, um, but obviously there's there's other facets of life that, that need to be attended to <laughs> away from short track racing, uh, which, you know, you got to have your balance in life, too. You can't just go racing all the time as much fun as it would be, but uh, when, I, when I do get the chance, I'll, I'll go and announce for the trucks here and there, um, so yeah, it's just... 
it, it, it's a fun series, and I would encourage you know anyone uh, when you're when you're going to a track and, and you see the trucks there, just really really pay attention to what they're doing uh, because these are going to be the guys that you're going to be watching within the next you know two three four five years uh, as as your super late model starts. I mean that's that's where Luke Fenthouse came from, right? So uh, just just pay attention. They're they're, they're looking they're doing pretty good things at the Midwest Truck Series. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you there. You've seen many drivers come through that that truck series, and they're some of the uh, best races to watch. You know, a lot of great series. We're very fortunate up here. I think, Matt, you alluded to that a few times. Very fortunate to have the tracks that we do up here, the series, uh, the weekly series going on as well up here. Last thing uh, from me here, buddy, um, I just want to thank you. Um I know I've said this a few times. Uh, I say it to you almost weekly when we're announcing. I was fortunate to run into you in the pits one night. I was going to school for communications, really wanted to be a sports broadcaster. always knew I wanted to do something sports and then wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Walked up to to Matt, and he said, uh, yeah, let me see what I can do. Let's see if we can get you up there. It was your uh, start of your second year announcing, I believe, and uh, at WIR anyway. And uh, you were like, yep, I got your name on. Just come on through. First first one or two weeks, I ended up learning from you. I've learned I can't countless of things from you over the years. And I'm very fortunate to learn from, as Mark, Mark said, uh, one of, if not the best announcers uh, out there. And uh, talk about uh, not being a good announcer at first. Not that I'm good and definitely not as good as you. And, and I'll put that out there for sure. But I was calling. I've froze called the trucks uh by the number instead of the names even though i knew them and uh so but end of story there i just want to thank you you've launched my career into places i never imagined and uh it's sure a joy to announce with you on thursday nights at wir and it'd be the interviewer out there and uh it it's pretty much due to you saying yes. And uh, I just appreciate the person that you are. Your family is a great family. Happy Mother's Day to your mom and, and all the mothers out there. But, uh, but again, thank you, man. I, uh, I couldn't have done it without you. So I learn every week something from you and I, I continue to grow because of you. So thank you. Well, I got to say thank you to you as well, Lauren. You, you don't understand what, uh, what it means to me to have someone like yourself there every week who is just so passionate about what you're doing and you know you've come a, you've come a long way you, you you certainly have you're doing a fantastic job there and, and you just you just keep getting better and better so uh i really appreciate you know the thoughtful questions you ask the racers um i appreciate what you and mark are doing with this podcast awesome uh, as you know, you know we we did one for the FRC, and it's just hard to find the time and the drive to do it. And you guys, you know, with with what you're doing with with this, and then going to the tracks and the interviewing guys, it's just it's awesome, man. So I appreciate you guys as well, uh, and, and just just look forward to what you guys have in store, and look forward to working with you again this year. Absolutely, absolutely, buddy. I, I appreciate it, Mark. Any uh, last comments from you? Yeah, one more thing there. Matt, uh, do you have any goals or anything? Are you happy where you're at right now? Or do you have anything uh, out there that you just might want to do, like maybe uh, uh, promote a racetrack, own a racetrack, or uh, anything out there? You know, when I, when I started announcing, I, I thought this is as far in, in racing as I ever want to go. So 
Um, I did. I worked at the Dells full time. Uh, got to work at Five Star, which was a great opportunity, um, and, which was a lot of fun. You know, I just uh, had to make a change in my life to, to move back to the Valley here. Um, as far as racing, uh, I would never discount anything. You know, if uh, doing NASCAR or, or something along those lines, MRN radio ever popped up, I'd do it. I, I think it would be a great, fun experience. Um, I, I, I basically just made the pledge to myself that whatever I do, just it has to be fun. Because I, I kind of burned myself out right around 2009, 2010, just trying to take on every gig and trying to, to take everything just far too seriously. So as long as it's fun, I'd love to do it. Now, if the NHL comes calling, y'all will never see me at another racetrack again. <laughs> so you better hope that that doesn't happen. But uh, I think the chances there are pretty slim. So uh, just uh, just fair warning, if the NHL comes calling, you might not hear me at a racetrack for a while. So. <laughs> well, uh, I think your Oilers uh, were better than my Sharks this year. Uh, Mark's an, an Avs fan, unfortunately, as well. But uh, – <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Sports are, are the best. Racing's one of the best of them as well. Well, man, hey, uh, I know I just thank you, but thank you so much for for your time here. We're looking forward to the Tundra Series getting going here on uh, on Saturday, May fifteenth. Hope everyone can attend that one. They always put on a great show. Um, WR is one of the the best tracks out there as well. So hope everyone can attend. Thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. We can't wait to have you on again sometime in the future, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thanks to you guys as well. And, uh, you know, like you said, everybody should get out there next week for the Tundra Race, come uh, support the events, support the drivers, and have a good mix of locals versus our travelers and some neat backup classes as well. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Great way to get the season started at WIR. All right, man. I'll probably be one of the first ones there and one of the last ones to leave. So I'm sure we'll run into you and we'll have a good show, have some good weather, and we'll have a, have a good deal. Yep. So we'll see you Saturday, buddy. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, Mark, uh, having Matt Pannier on there, man, that was a joy uh, to get to know more about the Tundra series, more about him. Uh, you know, of course, we knew a lot about him in the Tundra series there, but great for the fans to listen into some stuff that we didn't know um, as well. And like I said, I owe a lot of, if not most of my, my career to letting, uh, to letting me come up and join him. And he's one of the best in the business. So uh, man, it was awesome having him on. Yeah. He's a, he's quite a busy guy. He gets, he gets to more places than I do. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that's for sure. The other night when I was at Shadow and I heard his voice, and just like, hey, you know, it's, you can definitely tell that he's in the house. And, uh, yeah, he's such a professional and a heck of a guy, man. Good stuff. Yeah, so let me say something else about him and I's relationship and how it's grown over the years. I've actually got to go to Luxembourg, as he said, with him. Dells, I've been down there when he was the uh, promoter and PR guy down there. I've been able to travel a little bit. Uh, because of him before really you and I started traveling quite significantly. So I owe that to him as well to see how things are run elsewhere. Um, got to meet a lot of great people as you always do, even as a fan, uh, you know, that Mark. So 
uh, uh, pretty cool there. And, uh, just, a, just a great guy. And, and the last thing I'll say on this is it is amazing to me that NASCAR NHL, any sport has not given him a call because if you listen to him and, and we touched on this in the podcast, he is one of the best in the business and it doesn't matter what sport it is. He does a ton of hockey. I mean, he just did the USA hockey tournament um, that was held up in, in the pier there. Uh, he just does a great job in everything he does. And it's amazing to me that he hasn't got that call yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if that, that comes soon, which would be a loss to us for sure at the short track level, um, other levels of the the things that he does in other sports. But uh, man, it, it I would I would not be shocked if that call comes pretty soon for him. Well, Thursdays Thursdays wouldn't be the same without him on the mics, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, um, as long I like his attitude that he just wants to make sure that it's fun, and that that's the way you got to be if you're going to do something, uh, make fun out of it, you know. So I, I like the, his uh, outlook on that. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, that was one thing that stood out to me too, is because um, I think the same way, if, if we're doing this and we're not having fun or I'm still announcing or interviewing and not having fun at, at that point, what are you doing it for? You know, you'd be better off in the stands being a fan where you enjoy it or, or whatever else that you enjoy. So absolutely. That was one thing that uh, stood out to me as well, but uh, thanks to, to Matt for, for coming on again, happy mother's day. To all the mothers out there, hope you had a great weekend. We'll probably release this in a few days, but happy Mother's Day. Hope everyone had a had a great weekend there, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Mark, thanks for, for joining again. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll see you soon too, buddy. Yeah, for sure. On Saturday, man, we're going to go out there on Saturday. I'm already looking at the weather, and it's looking like it's finally going to warm up a little bit. Maybe we'll catch some sun out there. And, uh, hey, Carcano's opening up on Saturday. That, that's enough to get you excited right there. So, yeah, looking forward to it. So we'll see you on Saturday there, buddy. Yeah, and isn't it amazing that the following Thursday is already the first week of the Fox River Racing Club's Thursday Night Thunder at Wisconsin International Raceway. Uh, we're starting to get in the heat of things here, so that's that's a good thing. It's fun. It's, uh, it's exciting. So um, can't wait for that to, to get going here. Uh, but uh, thanks again, buddy. We'll we'll see you Saturday. Saturday, yes, sir. Let's get her done. Get her done. See ya, buddy. See ya. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.